I have a girl right now that's running the world, and she's going to be making a huge, huge impact in the acting industry. I am so honored to have her on. I've known her for about three years, and we go way back, you know, taking an acting class with, um, to me, one of the, one of my favorite people in the world, one of my greatest mentors, uh, Tracy Moore, who we'll, we'll definitely talk about later on in our uh, in the show here. But I want to welcome everybody to the D-Loop Podcast, my very first guest ever, and there will never be another first, because this is the very first one. I have none other than Tanya Thompson. Tanya, welcome to the D-Loop Podcast. How are you? Hi, Derek. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. I mean, who run the world, girls? I mean, you couldn't have picked a better song to introduce me to your podcast radio listeners. So I'm honored to be here, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to be your very first guest. I feel so honored and humbled. Thank you so much. Hey, the pleasure's all mine. And again, like I said, you know, her and I go we go back about three years. And I mean, one thing about this industry, and um, and, and she'll be the first to tell you, is that we have to we, we stick together. You know what I mean? And those of us Definitely. that know that, that go that know what we go through each and every day, it's a it's a nonstop grind. It's a nonstop deal. So I mean, we all know we all know what we all go through. So it's. It's very important to definitely latch on to those that you know that work just as hard as you do and have the same passion and drive as you do. Um, I'm sure you uh, experienced some of the snow uh, the last day or so in the cold. When will this stuff stop? (laughs) (laughs) Your guess is as good as mine. I can't take another snowstorm, but we need to count our blessings because we were supposed to get a big, big storm Sunday night going into Monday. And thank you, the Creator, he let it pass our way. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that, and I, I hope that's the end of it. I'm just ready for spring. I'm ready to see some yes, sunshine. I'm ready to take absolutely. off the boots and the coats and just, you know, really start enjoying some warm weather. I can't take it anymore. We've been getting blasted, not to mention the potholes from all the salt going down. Oh, let's <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just horrible. <laughs> They're, yeah, they're, they're evil, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that the tire companies are making a fortune with all the people having to, tr- having to, you know, their to uh, to get their either the tire, the plugs in the hole, they're actually replacing the tires themselves. But for those that are counting, we are 16. Yeah, we're 16 days away from spring, so let's let's the hope countdown. that uh, the ground. Yeah, the count. Let the countdown begin. But I want to get right into you know this interview, and I've been wait. We've been, we've been talking about this for the last five weeks. You know, when I initially asked you about, you know, coming onto the show, you didn't have the team, mm-hmm. which I not and again I'm definitely appreciative of you your your enthusiasm and again you sure. believe it in me and believe it in this show and believe it in this Absolutely. platform. So so Absolutely. I did some for you know I did you know I did some research you know in order for me to be successful in this podcast business, have to do my research. So I do see that you're you're from the Bronx, New York, which is home of my New York Yankees. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about the beginning <laughs> Sports reference, see, I, it, it didn't take long. But just tell us a little bit about the beginning stages of your life growing up in the Bronx, and you know, the shadow of the New York City. Because I'm, I'm just, I'm, hey, I'll be the first to admit it. Growing up in the city must have been awesome. Being, in, you know, being in the area and being exposed to all that the city brings to you. So tell us a little more about that. Yeah, well, first of all, that's that's a little scary that you could just do research and find out where I'm from. That I mean, with the world being so small now, with the internet, you can really find out anything about anybody. anybody. That's that's that yeah, bugs me out. It is a pretty scary thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, I grew up in the Bronx, um, the Northeast Bronx, um, in a section of the Bronx called Co-op City, and okay. um, yeah, I grew up there. Um, pretty much born and raised, and you know, great place to live. A lot of middle class families. Um, at the time when I was living there, there were um, a lot of Jewish people that I lived around. Very few blacks, a few um, Hispanics. Um, but it was just nice, you know. Grew up there with my mom, my dad, my sister, who's a year and five months uh, younger than me. And you know, it was just families, just working families that you know cared about their communities, and, you know, it was just a really good, good life growing up there. The Bronx has changed so much now. It's completely night and day from what I grew up um, seeing. But um, I I have those good memories of, you know, what the Bronx used to be like in the 70s. A lot different now, though. (laughs) Now, you know, but but you know what, and it's cool to talk about that because, I mean, you know, you being able to see, 
you know, a diverse, you know, you, you said you said you made Jewish, you have white and you had Hispanics. You basically have to see the whole entire the whole spectrum of everything. So being able to have that diverse background is it's very cool, honestly. And I mean, it's and again, think of think of New York City now. You know what I mean? Think about right. every ethnicity that lives in the biggest one of the biggest cities, to me, the biggest and the best city in the world, New York City. And you can see Absolutely. every ethnicity there. So it's really cool to pie. see. Absolutely. So it, it's awesome to see that every time I'm in a city, it's like, oh, wow. Like, I feel like I'm connected to the world every time I'm in New York City. But while you are while you're growing up in the Bronx, you know, being able to have that, you know, that diversity around you. So at what age did you decide that you wanted to become an actress? Well, um, going back to me being five years old, I've, I've always been a performer. When I right. was five years old, I started taking classical piano. Um, I was inspired to actually take piano lessons from my babysitter because she was taking piano lessons. And okay. she had a piano at her house, so I would get on and I would, you know, kind of try to mimic her. And my mom saw that, you know, wait a minute, she kind of seems like she's taking a liking to this. Maybe we need to, you know, get her some lessons and see how she does. And then I ended up taking lessons for many, many years. So with that, I had to do many piano recitals, always performing in front of a crowd. Then I took tap and jazz and ballet and all those good things that, you know, young little girls do and performing again in front of crowds. So I've always been a performer. So in terms of the acting, um, that kind of came a little later on. Um, That came around high school. And in high school, I started, um, it's funny because I actually was rapping in high school. That's when I was, like, heavy into hip-hop and stuff like that. Right, and, right, right, right. And then I, just, exactly. I took my first, my first drama class. And my first drama class, I did, I was, like, top of the class. I won the drama award at graduation. And wow. that, was, that was the start of it. And when I graduated high school, you know, I said, this is what I want to do. This is this is my dream. I love it. I just love it, love it, love it, and I never want this feeling to go away. So it, that's kind of how it all started. So you took piano lessons at five years old, and your and your parents actually were cool with it. And that's and that's the thing I, I love about you know when parents allow their kids to become who they are because it just it's it's more or less a dump, it's it's a snowball effect in the sense because it went from piano lessons to to tap dancing, you know what I mean, and all those things. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, and obviously with, with the music and obviously growing up in the area that we grew up in, hip-hop, right. especially in the, in, in the Northeast, was mm-hmm. spreading like wildfire mm-hmm. in the 80s. I mean, well, I, you I, I, know, I it, 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 it was birthed in the Bronx. <laughs> so, hey, you, know, com, you know, Absolutely. being from, from the Bronx, you know, you had almost no choice but to, you know, be a hip-hop head. You know, that's where, that's where it started, so. You know. Listen, I, I was a big fan of BDP growing up. So Karras one was one of my favorite rappers growing up. And, and, and just a multi, and I think back to even those days when, when you're talking about hip-hop a minute ago, and I'm just thinking, man, think about, you know, the shows they used to come on, like Video Music Box and Video Vibration, yes. all those shows on BET and all that stuff yes. back in the day. And it was just so, it was showcasing so many talented individuals. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about, you're thinking about all those things. So going back to your upbringing, you were able to take all of those things and channel it into what you to hip hop, which I thought, which I think is actually is cool. It's really cool to have that background to do what you wanted to do. Now, who now who were your now? Obviously, you I know you favor your Bronx rappers, and I understand that. But who were they, I guess who were some I guess who were some of you? And I know there was you know MC Light back in the day, Miss Melody. So male or female, who were your influences in hip hop? Oh man! Well, you definitely named um, one of one of my top MC Light. Loved her because um, a lot of people actually said that I kind of rapped like her. So you know, I kind of studied, uh, um, you know, studied her rhyming style and things of that nature. Then, of course, I love Salt and Pepper because they brought that whole sexiness to hip hop. They were still gritty, right. but they, you know, they did their thing. And I love Big Daddy Kane. Um, I just saw him not too long ago. As a matter of fact, performing at Radio City. Um, I love Rock Him. Oh man, the list goes oh, on, yeah. on and on. You know, the, you I just, mean, the list mm. goes on and on. <laughs> Daylight. So yes. I mean, it, forget about it. You already know. 
So yeah, it, it, yeah I, I love all of them. You just named some great. You just named some greats, and I mean, I and I and I got to keep it real. I saw Sugar Hill Gang a couple of months ago at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center, and those guys still steal the they show. They still got Let me it. Let tell you something right now. They still got it, and it's it's amazing to see that those talented guys, no matter what, and they and they just get better with age. I just I don't yeah. understand. It's a it's a good thing, and I think some of the younger some of the younger generation can really tap into that resource and see where everything originated from. Absolutely, now, switching you got to respect to, it. Ab- absolutely. Now, switching to the, you know, back to the acting end again. Yes. So, what, now, I know you said you had some of your favorite rappers that you that you definitely idolized. Who were some of your actresses that you idolized? Hmm. I, um, I loved Sally Fields because I was a big, big fan of the show Gidget. I think I'm okay. kind of showing my age here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Gidget. I remember that show. <laughs> yes. But I would really say my top two was um, Melissa Gilbert and Michael Landon because I was and probably still am a little bit obsessed with Little House on the Prairie. On the Prairie. Um, that, that show to the classic. point where, like, I have the DVD collection set. Well, I actually have the VHS <laughs> collection, VHS, collectibles. Right. Yeah. Here and um, I probably won't ever let them go unless if I can get rid of them on eBay for a really really good um, amount of money. But yeah, I, I just I just love the way the acting was so real. Where I actually thought Little House in the Prairie was like a, a real place to live. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And um, yeah, so I, I really really loved love 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 their talent. Right, and that's what, that was the thing about television. Like, when I was growing up, I decided I wanted to be an actor, and I was four. And mm. believe it or not, I, the very first movie that I sat down and watched that I could really understand, even at four years old, was Mommy Dearest with, with um, Faye Dunaway, when she, oh, uh, scary. she played the Joan Crawford. <laughs> yes. Yes, and, yes, yes. And, and the crazy thing is, is that it took me to another place. I'm like, wow, I'm thinking this is real. And then the TV shows that were, when I was coming up, see, just like you were talking about Little House on the Prairie, you think that these <laughs> things are real because they really brought you into the television set. They and, sure you know, you did. You sat down and you, and you really thought these were real families. So mm-hmm. the realism yeah, it, it, it is what drew me in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So to me, when I think about that experience, no matter if I'm auditioning, no matter if I'm, you know, if I, if I have a part or something like that, whatever the case may be, if I'm reading, you know, I want to jump into the character and I really want to become because that I want to I want to help somebody down the road say, hey, that looked real. I want to do that. So that exactly. that right there, you know what I'm saying? But with that, yeah, I mean, that, that, that that's that's the magic of of what we do, you know, um, to really take people on an experience to be able to take people away from their reality for, you know, two hours or or, or 90 yeah. minutes of a movie or a television show. So that's the beauty of, of what we do, and that's why I, I love it so much, and that's why I know you love it as well. Definitely. Now, I know you mentioned some TV shows that you enjoyed as a kid. Um, what were the movies that you enjoyed as a kid? Um, I remember one of a few of the first movies that I saw was um, A Soldier's Story, um, okay. Terms of Endearment, Color Purple. All of those films were very, 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 very powerful to me um, and very educational as well. It really brought me um, into what the Jim Crow South looked like, you know, coming from the Bronx. I never experienced anything like that, thank God, and... Um, you know, it, it it really it really touched me, and it really stayed with me for a long time. Um, yeah, so those were some of my favorite favorite movies, I, I'd say, as a kid. But yeah, but my very 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 <laughs> favorite movie is, and you're gonna laugh when I tell you this, Annie. Hey, listen! I saw that in the theater when it came out, and now, and now I'm telling you. That was a long pause. Yeah, I had to think. No, I was like, wait a minute! I saw that in the theater. My mother took me, my sister, and her friend Archie. No lie, true story. I must have been about three or four years old, and I I'm surprised that in my mental Rolodex. True story. We went to New York. I was growing up in North Jersey at the time, and we went. My mom took us to New York to see Annie in the movie theater. That movie wow. was awesome, I, and and I'm not ashamed yes. of it either. 
Yes, Unreal. yes, yes, yes. It was so. It yeah. sure was. I mean, she was gangster. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's, it's a hard yeah, but that, but that was a, that was a good movie. Definitely. Hard not life, man. Seriously. Seriously. Now, <laughs> kind of bring it now. Kind of bring it things to the present now. Now, obviously, now I shed light just a little bit in the beginning of the interview when we talk about you know some of the struggles we go through as actors. You know, some of the things that we have to go through day in and day out. You know, what, it, it, I'm just talking even as far as travel. You know, we travel to you know to auditions. We travel to gigs. We're right. sitting, you know, and holding for no matter how long. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have to be at set at four or five in the morning. Sometimes three in the morning, depending on now. What keeps you motivated to stay ahead of the curve in this I would say what really is the driving force for me is um, is my son. I have a 15-year-old son, and for me, everything that I do is for him and to set an example for him. And I feel like you can't tell somebody that they can be whoever they want to be in life or achieve whatever they want to achieve in life if you haven't done that yourself. So for me, I know that, you know, he's watching everything I do. So I got to show him, you know, there's more power in showing than than telling or saying. So lead by example. So whenever I might, you know, be getting frustrated or stressed or, you know, because this business can take you, you know, on a merry-go-round of emotions and, you know, you you go through so much and, you know, there's a lot of rejection and, and, and just it's just a lot to deal with, I think of him. And that makes me get up the next day, dust myself off, and go out and keep pursuing this, this dream that I love. So that's what motivates me, my son. <laughs> no, and, and I actually met him a couple times, you know, when we were at yeah, Tracy Moore's. He he's, a very, mm-hmm. he's a very, very intelligent, very respectful young man. So you've done a, a wonderful, outstanding job with him. So um, that's that's, that's for me. And then, seriously, seriously. Now, with that, what advice would you give someone? To, if you met somebody, you know, and they're walking down the street, and you're at you're at a bus stop, you know, you're you're catching the I don't know if you're catching the one train or whatever it is, and you you know you see somebody and they see you with your portfolio and they say, oh my God, I, I'm I'm new to this business too. What advice if they started you know talking to you, they start picking your brain about anything? What advice would you give someone that's new to the business? My. My main advice I would give them is make sure that this is make sure this is something that you feel you can't live without like you if living without acting or whatever it is you're trying to pursue is like living without air you, you know you you oh, have got to do it <laughs> to live you know um because as I said before the business this particular genre of business gets tough. It, it it gets very, very difficult. It gets very, very, very challenging at times. And if you don't love it, you won't last. So make sure it, this is what you want to do with the rest of your life and that you love it. And if you love it, you would probably do it for free. That's how much you got to love yeah. it. Yeah. I'm glad you hit the nail right on the head because I, ask, I get asked a lot of questions sometimes about, you know, you know, hey, how much is, you know, how, somebody asked me on set one day, I'll leave the set nameless, but they were saying, you know, asking me about things that I've done. It's, well, how much did you get paid for that? You know, does it pay well? I'm like, well, listen, and I, and I asked him, well, how long have you been doing this? And he said, well, not long. I said, well, if you're asking that question right now and expecting to be Den- to earn Denzel Washington money or Will Smith money <laughs> tomorrow, you're in the wrong industry. And I tell people that all the time because exactly. there, there's, a, there's a thing – there, there's a, I don't want to sound too cliche, but there's a thing called paying your dues. You know what I'm right. saying? Like you got to pay your dues and you got to really dig down deep and you got to get your hands dirty sometimes. You have to go and grind. You have to do all those things. And if that means exactly. going to an audition, trust me, and, I, and I'll tell you this right now, I travel to auditions. I, my very first true story, and my uh, this is something I've probably never said publicly before, I traveled to Chicago, Illinois, my very first movie audition four years wow. ago. Wow. My very first wow. movie audition was in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I got on Greyhound in Philadelphia, and I left at 12, I don't know, what, 12, 15 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I arrived in Chicago at about 5 in the morning Central Time, which allowed, which allowed me a couple hours to shower, do what I had to do, ate, rented a car, and drove about an hour west of Chicago to a movie audition with probably 
50% chance that I was either going to get it or not going to get it. And usually that. if you don't hear anything, right, if usually if you don't hear anything, you know, you, you obviously didn't get it. I, mm-hmm. And as soon as, that was, as soon as that was over, as soon as the audition was over, I rent, took the rental car back, went, you know, to, you know, walked the streets of Chicago for, I don't know, like five hours or so, hopped back on the bus. I was back at my best friend's house that Sunday morning. And that was probably one of the craziest things I've ever done in this industry. And that was my first go out of, of me getting an audition. But, again, how bad do you want it? And they very politely emailed me saying that I didn't get it but mm-hmm. wish me well on my future endeavors. So going back to what you were saying in regards to how much you really love this business, mm-hmm. how how much you really enjoy it and how much this is a part of you, without it you right. breathe, that's what I'm, that, that, that's the thing. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of us that are in the same boat right now, you know, we have we have that fire. We have that desire to do this. And whether it means mm-hmm. we have to travel somewhere to do it, then you know what? Have bus, train, or plane, or car will travel. That's the day to the game. So Absolutely. I totally agree with that sentiment there. So I, I, mean, I didn't want to steal any steal, steal shine here, but that that's a no, no, no. Example I right mean, there. what you said was necessary. I mean, I've gone through the same thing. I've bought bought a plane ticket to fly out to California to do the same thing. You know, I've yeah. gotten in my car, driven to Philadelphia for audition, drive right. a few hours away, and you know, gas and toll and all that. That's on you. Yeah. You know, so. I get it. You know, I'm right there with you. So I'm gl- glad that you said that. And any listeners out there who are considering getting into this business, they they need to really take all this in because this is what, you know, you will be faced with. So you got to make sure you love it. Absolutely. Now, with that, you know, is there one person in this business, and I'm probably going to already, I don't know what you're going to say, but I have to ask, if there's one person that you were given the opportunity to work with, who would it be? Well, I have one male and one female. Do I have to narrow it down to one? That's so hard. If you want to, well, okay, I, you know, <laughs> first, since, it, since it's the very first episode, and I appreciate you coming on, you can choose one male, one female. Yay! Okay. <laughs> See, well, freebies on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love this show already. Okay, well, the female would definitely be Angela Bassett. She's, like, my all-time favorite actress. I just love her. And, you know, there's very few people that I would ever be starstruck by, but I believe she might be one of them. (laughs) She's just so powerful and on screen, and I would just love to just be in her presence you know, to see how she does what she does. And the male, of course, would be Denzel Washington because I feel he's just like the male opposite of Angela Bassett. I mean, just as fantastic, just as powerful. You know, they just become, you know, these people and they take you away for those two hours that you're in the movie theater and you forget that it's Angela Bassett and Denzel on the screen. And I respect their work so much. And if I could even, like I said, be in their presence, that, you know, life would be perfect for me. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my two. Those are your two. Well, for me, I would have I would have to say that for my, since I get to choose a male and a female also, I think for female, sure I would have to go with Halle. I would have to go with Halle Berry because she's very, again, another talent. I love talent. her, too. I've I seen, love I've my seen her role. And I'm talking about going back from, you know, Jungle Fever, you know, back mm-hmm. in those days to Boomerang mm-hmm. and to, you know, it, it, it was just like, man, like how she's grown, you know, from that era of doing of doing movies and being successful, you know, winning an Academy Award. But on the flip, on, on, as far as a male that I would want to work with, and truly, I, and I said this out there, and I put it out there right now, I would love to play a villain versus Dwayne The mm-hmm. Rock Johnson. Ooh. Yeah. I would love. I would love. And I would. I, no, and I'm serious. I would love to play a villain first, because guess what? People are going to pay to see the villain get his butt kicked by the rock. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, so but what I mean, but he's but he's grown. I mean, you figure he's he's been he's been in the game really. Even when he did that seven, that uh, that seventy show back in ninety eight, mm-hmm. ninety nine, he's been doing this a while. So the the, the this is true. Was even back then, before the Scorpion King and everything, and he's definitely grown. And now he's he grossed one point three.
billion, ladies and gentlemen, billion with a billion. B, $1.3 billion last year with the four movies that he did. That's, that, that's, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a major player, and I would love to be a part of that and learn, and, and learn from him and, and what he does and how, how good he's got, definitely. But when you, and obviously you've been at this a while, so tell the people about the first job you ever booked and how, the, how that experience was for you. Okay, the first job I booked, um, this is going back to the early 90s, uh, was New York Undercover, I believe. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah, and it was one. It, it was the first season that the show dropped on Fox, and um, it was the episode, I think it was episode 19 or something like that, with Donald Faison. Um, he was yeah. the lead in, in that show that particular episode, and um, the experience was awesome. I mean, it was such it was such a great day just being, you know, around the cast and, you know, also seeing the behind the scenes, you know, because this is a show that I was watching, and now to actually to be, on, be it, right. on the other side of the television screen, you know, it was just, it was amazing. And with that being said, and going back to what we said about how, you know, this business works, that day it rained so bad. It was like Oh wow. It was like Noah's Ark, you know. It was like it was oh, hard. Wow. it was a deluge and we had to shoot outside and not only did it rain but the rain was ice cold. And um, I remember having on a big bubble coat. That's when everybody wore the bubbles, when the, you know, that bubble was coat, popular. Right. And right. we was outside for hours and hours, and then we would go back into holding, and we would sit there for hours, and then we had to come back outside. And so what that experience did for me, it really taught me that this acting thing is work. You know, people look at the glitz and the glamour and they look at the Oscars and they look at, you know, E! News and they think it's all fun and to get dressed up and, you know, doing the red carpet thing. And, yeah, that's a part of it. But the work that you have to do before you get to that carpet, it's something serious. And the hours that you have to put in, you're putting into 10 to 16-hour days. You know, like you mentioned before, getting on set sometimes 4 or 5 in the morning and then you're not leaving until almost the next day. You know, and a, a lot of it is, you know, hurry up and wait. You're sitting and holding for a good amount of hours of the time that you are on set. So that's why it goes back to what we were saying earlier. You got to love it, you know, because otherwise you won't have longevity and you won't last. So that experience really opened my eyes to how, you know, what these people do and that it really is a job. You know, it's work. It's work. That, that's what I think sometimes, too, is like, especially when I learned, like, when I got my first book, when I booked my very first job, which I got booked by, it was, it was fate how I got my, how I booked. But then it was more or less you get over that, all right, I'm in a movie and this is just work. And you have to work right. hard and you have to, and you have to, it's more or less tunnel vision. You have to do what you got to do. But, mm-hmm. hey, listen, you got to be on the show with Torres and Williams, man. And that was, to me, that was one. <laughs> those two guys, man. I mean, really, yes. because, I mean, they, they brought... That was an amazing series. I mean, that series... It was. I mean, so they, they play, you know, they play the reruns now, and it's it's still good. You know, it's just fantastic. Absolutely. The writing, the acting, you know, the music, everything was just on point. You know, I tuned in uh, every yeah. week for it. So to be yeah, able it, to be so on an episode was, was an honor. That was a lot of fun. Cool. Now... Now, besides acting, um, what hobbies do you enjoy the most? Besides when, when the cameras are off and when you're not auditioning or that when you're not reading for just size and that type of thing, what hobbies do you like doing? Well, <laughs> I like going to the movies. I know I'm a film girl. I I I just I just love that whole world. I'm I'm always in it, and if I'm not, you know. Going to the movies, I'm probably home watching a movie. If I'm not home watching a movie, I'm probably reading. I'm probably reading something um, inspirational. Um, I also, you know, like to, you know, practice yoga and kind of keep myself and my spirits relaxed because a lot of times, especially when you're acting and you're playing these different characters, you got to have a way to release them from you once you're done with them. Um, so, 
you know, that's something that I do. Um, and then just, you know, being with my family and enjoying good music and traveling and food and, you know, um, going to, you know, different workshops and keeping my acting muscles strong when I'm not, you know, working on a project. So, you know, all of that. <laughs> I do all of those things while I'm not um, working. So you said you you said you're listening to music. So which artist gets the most repeat time on your on your iTouch these days? Well, right now, um, really, really into Janae Aiko. Her music is just fantastic, and all you listeners out there, if you have not heard her album, go pick it up. It's, I mean, she when you want to just get into that chill mode, have a glass of wine, sit back, and just you know, really vibe or get in tune with yourself, put on Janae Aiko. Her music is just fantastic. And, awesome. um, it, yeah, that's what I'm listening to right now. But, you know, I flip between her and then I might put on Guy or I might put on Bob Marley or, or Biggie or Common or Jill Scott, you know, so I'm kind of all over the place. <laughs> you know, I, I can appreciate a little bit of it all. Hey, listen, Guy. Guy was awesome. I, I was into the groove me back in the day, you know, Teddy and then and Teddy oh, Riley, yeah. man. That's that, now, that, now that's the talent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But here's what we're gonna yes. do right now. We're gonna take a little bit. We're gonna take a small break, and I mean, it's been a, an amazing experience. And we got a lot more in store for all of you. We'll be right back with more with Tanya Thompson here on the podcast, and I am still here. With Tanya Thompson, and I mean, we had a first, uh, an, an amazing conversation at the beginning of this you show, sure and we're did. covering the beginning of her, you know, just mainly the the beginning of everything, talking about where she grew up, and you know, the Bronx, New York, and it just led on to booking her very first job, you know, on New York Undercover. And I mean, this is a, it's been an amazing experience thus far, my very first episode. So for all of my live listeners that are listening right now, thank you very, very much. We have quite a few people that are listening on the actual phone end of the show. Not sure how many people are listening on the actual website. I'll get those numbers a little bit later. But I want to get right back into what I, what we, we've all wanted to know, and that's about the movie The Decision. And uh, Tanya's been uh, promoting this, you know, for, for quite some time now. And um, I caught wind of it, like I said, you know, through social media. Actually, through her, her promoting it, and through social media, and others been talking about it. So I wanted to ask you, just jump right into this. So tell us what made you tell your story in, in this movie, The Decision. Uh, what made me tell my story? Well, this um, situation, um, well, the film, number one, is about um, – uterine fibroids, and what I noticed was um, that it was an epidemic in the African-American and Latino community, and it was something that I had experienced a few years ago, and when I went through it, um, which, you know, if if there's any listeners out there that don't know, uterine fibroids is um, a benign tumor that is usually found in a female's uterus and it causes a great deal wow. of pain as well as excessive bleeding. Um, and uh, some people have even died from, from you know, um, complications with it. And, um, oh, you wow. know, I went, through, I went through a lot of hell. I don't know if I could say hell on the show, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, went, I went through hell with it. And um, when I was going through it, I wondered, is anybody else going through this, I mean, I don't hear anybody talking about it. Am I the only one that suffers from this? So I did some research and I found out about 80% of African-American women, you know, will have or have had uterine fibroids in their life. And some, some people can't have children and there's a whole lot of things that come with it. So, um, you know, me being a filmmaker and being an actress, you know, and thinking about, you know, what was the next thing that I wanted to do, you know, um, I thought about this story. And I was going through my diary that I kept while I was going through my fibroids issue, and I would, you know, jot down day to day what I went through with the fibroids, basically documenting everything I was going through. And when I read it, I said, this sounds like a movie. So um, I, I hit... I, I decided to um, get a writer. His name's Musa Jackson, 
and um, reach out to him, and, and he interviewed me, interviewed my husband about our experience and what we went through, and he put together a fantastic um, script loosely based on my experience as well as um, experience that he'd gone through with his own um, family members as well. And I just felt the story was necessary to tell. You know, it's, a, it's an epidemic in the African-American community. No one else is talking about it. We might as well be advocates for our own health and put it out there to the media if no one else is doing it. And so uh-huh. I said, you know what, I'm going to turn my tragic situation into a triumphant situation that maybe can help somebody else. And that's how the decision was born. That's well. That's well, first of all, it takes a great deal of bravery. Number one, to, to to tell the story. Number one, in in the form that you want to into a into a movie, and and most importantly, you know, to endure that. You know, when you talk about you know, and I actually did my homework on it. And I was reading about it, and I'm just, I just cannot imagine, you know, the excruciating pain that you that, that yeah. you have to endure. You know, during that whole ordeal. So mm-hmm. while you were now, while you, now you were being interviewed, you know, by the writer and everything. So how difficult was it to relive what you went through? Yeah, well, that was um, that was more difficult than I actually thought. I mean, well, one thing I will say, my writer Musa Jackson, he is he created an atmosphere that was very, very um, warm and comfortable where you know, we felt safe enough to tell the story. Because as I said, prior to me speaking to him, no one really knew I went through this but my my family, you know, just my inner circle. So me coming out and speaking to him, who was not a relative of mine, you know, that said a lot about him for me to even share that with him. And he created an atmosphere where I felt safe enough to do that. So he interviewed me. He interviewed my husband both together and then separately, you know, because we both experienced this together, but we experienced it in a, in different ways. You know, the way right. a man who supports his wife, you know, experiences it is different than the wife actually going through it and the, the different feelings that you have and stuff. So we did that. And, um, you know, reliving it, it, it brought back it brought back a lot of you know, memories, the trauma, the drama, but as well as the love that we shared that that kept us together, and that's part of what we are showing in this film. It's also a love story. It's not just like a medical drama. It's a, it's a love story and showing the support you know this particular woman had when she went through this in this in this film. So um, it's an incredible story, and um, I just can't wait for. All you listeners out there to see it, um, I think it's going to not only educate, but I think it's also going to empower a lot of women who are currently going through it now, but they're suffering in silence. Wow. That's, you know, when you talk about, you know, getting, and that was going to lead to my next question, actually, when you were talking about how he was interviewing, you know, he interviewed you two together, and then he interviewed, you, interviewed, you know, you two separately you know, I think as as far as writing, I think that definitely helps too because you can get both perspectives, both mm-hmm. together and separately. And I think that, and to me, I think that would make it a lot easier for him to really dissect the whole entire story and to really break it down and do it into a dialogue. Now, obviously, I know you have a great team that's involved in this project, and with you, now, granted, you're being, you know, you're going to be in this film and that type of deal, but with the creative process. How was that process put, you know, with, you know, as far as putting everything together? What were other things that were involved in that? Well, I think the first thing was, you know, coming up with, you know, the concept and the idea um, and and then being willing to own that. And, and for this specific story, because it's so personal to me, just having the courage to, I psych myself up to say, okay, you know that you're going to go public with what you went through, you know. Right, and right. a lot of times in the entertainment industry, people don't want to, you know, a lot of actors and actresses don't want 
the, the public to know that they were sick. You know, being sick is like frowned upon in a way. You right. know, oh, well, maybe right. we won't give her a job because she can't work. She's sick. She's having this issue. So that took a lot of courage, number one, to do. Then number two, finding someone that I felt safe enough to share this with and to go on this journey with because this is a journey. And then from there, you know, we found, you know, we have Musa Jackson who wrote it. And, you know, I, I just really give it to God. I, I, he just really has has been placing the right people in in my life that I need to really see this through. And it, it's really coming together just on a wing and a prayer, Derek, seriously. Like I pray every night, you know, for the creator to guide this process, and, and he has been. And I encourage anybody out there that's trying to pursue any type of dream, Throw, throw your burden on the creator, and he will see you through. Like, put it out there. Put it out there to the universe. Ask, 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 and you shall receive. And that's all I've been doing, and people have been coming to me, offering help, offering services for, like, little and nothing just to just because they believe in the project. You know, I had a lot of anonymous, you know, donors. I had a lot of people that never met me, never – spoke to me a day in their life but saw my story and wanted to support. They supported financially or they supported with services offered. And like I said, that can only come from the creator blessing this. So I give it to him. Positive energy attracts positive energy. Absolutely. That, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? You know what it I mean? Sure does. And, and, uh, and, and, I mean, again, you know, like I said, when I got wind of this, and, I, and I'll be the first to put it out there, I actually supported this film and actually I actually donated myself because, I can I somebody, appreciate you for that? Yes, yeah, and I mean because because again, like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, we all support each other in everything mm-hmm. in every aspect of what we do. So, you know, when I first heard of this, it, it sounds like wow, this is going to be this is going to be something big, and you feel it, right? Way, <laughs> yeah, it does. This is going to be something major, something. Thank you know, I was like, you. you know what? I definitely want to definitely help a friend out now. You're in, and I'm and I'm going to say this very proudly. You are the co-director and producer, and you're starring in this film. Now, what are the pros and cons in juggling all those responsibilities? Woo! Just you saying that made me feel a bit overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing all that. <laughs> no, but um, hmm, what are the pros and cons? I just say, you know. I just say pros and pros, you know, because you got to take, you got to take the good with the bad. And even the bad is good, you know, because the bad is good. And I say that because it's all part of the process and part of the journey. So, um, you know, I just, it takes a lot of multitasking, you know, it takes a lot of organizational skills, a lot of leadership skills, um, and it's a lot of work, you know. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of belief in yourself that you can do it. And, right. um, you know, because, you know, I, co-directing, you know, it, it, that's one job in trying to help with the vision of the film, the look of the film. You know, you want, you're want putting together the crew and the technical aspect of the film. But then, you know, producing, you got to find the money. you gotta, you got to... Uh, take care of the social media aspect. you got to schmooze with people and shake hands right, with right. babies. And then, you know, starring in the film, I have to study. I have to work with my acting coach. I have to bring it because I'm the lead actress of the film, and it's all going to be relying on this performance. So I did take on a, a big, big responsibility, but I believe in myself. I know that I have the talent. I've been trained. I can do this. I am going to do this. And, it's, you know, it takes, it takes confidence. It takes a lot of confidence. I do have a lot of experience, years of experience in the business, so I feel like I was ready to be able to wear these hats. And I and I do have help, you know. My team is growing by the numbers, by the day. Um, but, you know, I am spearheading it, And um, but you can't do it by yourself. There's no I in team. So I, I, I give it to my team. I have a strong team, and they're allowing me to be, to be able to juggle all of this in, in an efficient way. Okay. Now, I, me, I'm, and I, I guess, like I said, me doing this radio show and everything, like I'm starting to see that there's a lot of things I have to do creatively to present this in the form that I want to do it. Just like you're talking about in regards to you being 
you know, the co-direct and producer, like it, all those, all those forms that I'm also interviewing as well. And I guess you, in fact, even in acting, you you have to perform. So, mm-hmm. are do you, what, I guess I'm not saying you have to choose, but I guess do you enjoy both, or do you like the directing, creative end, or do you love performing? Well, I'm an actor first. Acting is my first love, and right. that this that's 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 what I do. You know, I love to act. And I am slowly growing to love the um, behind-the-scenes aspect of it. You know, again, I'm not the director of the film. I'm, you know, co-directing. Um, and when I'm on set, you know, I'm the lead actress. And so, you know, at some point I will take off that hat um, with the co-directing for that moment. But um, but acting will always, always be my first love because I'm a performer first. That's what I've been doing since I was five years old. So, and that's gonna what I'm gonna do till the day I die. You know, I'll be acting all the way into my grave. <laughs> Hopefully, no time soon. But uh, no, 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 no. But no, no, yeah, no, no. yeah. So need, I would say some. acting. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, think of it this way. I mean, Ben Affleck, prime example. Look at him. Mm-hmm. He's directing. Yeah, yeah. And he's also acting in films. And exactly. One director doing a fantastic job at both. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. if there's, and I mean, for anybody that's listening out there, do both. You have a guy that just won an Academy Award for Best Film. You know, he was director of a film last year, and you have Tanya Thompson on the line right now. So uh, <laughs> if it's anybody that it. you want to, you know, absolutely. If there's anybody you want to emulate yourself after and chasing the dream and maybe doing, having dual, you know, multi multitasking with different jobs, you know, these are your resources right here. Now. I know you had a campaign recently to raise money for the film. Now, hey, number one, is there still time for people to donate? And if so, where can they go to donate to this project? Yes, we are actually still accepting um, donations right now through PayPal.com. And if you go on to PayPal, um, it's a really, really simple process. You basically put in your email address. You put in our email address, which is decisionmovie at gmail.com. That's decisionmovie at gmail.com, and you just put in the amount you want to donate, you hit send, and that's it. Oh, and you got to put your credit card information in. But, yeah, so through paypal.com, you know, you can still donate to the film. We are definitely still accepting donations because, as you know, film has – different stages, so you have your pre-production stage, you know, where you're getting everything together, you're hiring your crew, you're, you know, you you got to uh, lock in your locations and you got to pay your cast, and then you have your production stage where, okay, it's showtime, now we actually have to be on set and we actually have to do this, we have to feed the cast, we have to, you know, pay people, and then you have your post-production where now the, the movie's done, but now you have to edit and you have to do sound design, and you got to do color correction, and you got to do all that technical stuff to make the movie pretty so that we can now present it on the big screen. So those are the three phases that you go through when creating a film, and all of that takes money. So we are definitely collecting donations still through PayPal.com. So just put in decisionmovie at gmail.com, and uh, we would appreciate love any donation, $5, $10, $1, 20 whatever you can give from your heart. Greatly appreciate it. See, guys, all those things she just mentioned, it is not, it's never, again, it's never ending. When we talk about the, just the, just going back into the writing process and we're going all the way to post-production and all those things in between. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like yeah. a sandwich, man. It's like there's a big, yeah, pretty you gotta much. Get, get the mm-hmm. bread and you got to get the mail and the mayonnaise, whichever condiment mm-hmm. you like. Then you gotta get the you gotta get the meat and the cheese and you gotta get the lettuce. Well, not and if you're vegan. Then you gotta... <laughs> not uh, if you're well, vegan, then you you just put the be, you know bit, you well, can put actually, other stuff. Right, I'm a vegetarian actually, so I was just looking up for my meat. Me too. The people I didn't that know eat that. Meat. So am I. Yes, I've yeah. been I've been a vegetarian since the middle of the, actually September 19th. Actually, I uh, made the nice. decision to uh, be a vegetarian, and it's probably one of the best decisions I ever made. So uh, people Don't think you feel people thought so I was good? absolutely. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's amazing. People thought I was absolutely nuts until, and obviously, because I, I work out in the gym quite a bit, until they started seeing results and like, oh, wow, and I, and I juice a lot. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. I um, 
with my, 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 you know, fruits and vegetables and that type of deal. So trust me, I'm an advocate for vegetarians. But at the same time, that's why I gave that example of the sandwich for right. lovers that are out of there. Now, yes. Not, now, I know you got to get out of here soon. Um, yeah. Now, where, now, where can people find you on social media? Where can they actually find you? Well, you can find me on Facebook. Um, just search for Tanya Thompson, and I will pop up. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Tanya Thompson 11, and my name is spelled T-A-N-Y-A Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. So that's Tanya Thompson on Facebook, Tanya Thompson, and the number 11 on Instagram, and Tanya underscore Thompson on Twitter. Or you can just go to Google, put in Tanya Thompson, and all of my social media stuff will pop up. I'm Googleable. <laughs> so, yeah. So you you can definitely find me um, online, anywhere, and follow my journey, follow my film, you know, the decision. Stay tuned for updates on what's going on with that project as well as, you know, other things I have coming up in my acting career. And, you know, um, yeah, that's where I'll be on social media. Well, well, like I said, there will never, ever be a first. There will never be a oh first. Oh, my God. And I feel so I, honored. Thank you really, so much. Really, seriously, this is, uh, this is probably one of the most amazing things that, that's ever happened in my life, and I'm, I'm not, I'm no joke. This is, you know, this show, you know, it took me five weeks to prepare for everything and for this to come to fruition and to be able to have you on as my very first guest. You know, again, I, I'm, again I'm honored that you were able to take the leap of faith and give this show a shot, you know, and, and displaying what you're doing and tell, telling the people out there that may not have known what was going on, now they know. This will be right. in the archives for people to listen on, you know, and I'll explain all those sources later on, iTunes, obviously, and all that stuff. Tanya, it's been an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. I would love to have you back on in the future. And, and, and hey, hey, who knows? This can definitely be at the Sundance Film Festival. You know what I mean? This could be a Oh yeah, we're going award. all the so, way, all the way, absolutely. and I will definitely we're going all keep the way. you in, informed. And thank you so much for you know, um, you know, having enough belief in me and my project to have me as your first guest. I mean, what an honor! I will never ever forget this experience. It was so much fun, and I really enjoyed myself. And I just want to say to any listeners out there, especially my females who may be suffering with uterine fibroids, Tanya Thompson is going to tell your story, and we're going to find a cure for this, and that's what we're going to do with this film. So I'm right here for you guys, and thank you again, Derek. I really, really, really appreciate you. I really do. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Tanya Thompson, and um, again, um, as she's um, leaving, um, leaving on now. Um, again, this is this is truly amazing. You know, this is amazing for her to come on to the show to um, to tell her story, to tell you know what was going on, you know, in her life. Just tell the mainly go from the beginning all the way to the now. You know what I'm saying? And you know, this will never again. Like I said, this will never be another first ever again. You know, she was my very first guest, and she knocked it out of the park. We'll be right back with more of the Daily Podcast. Don't go anywhere. 